Today, I'm going to teach uh, a message on how to pray effectively for wonderful results. Uh, let's begin James 5, beginning from verse 13 to 18. Read with me. He says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces what wonderful results. Elijah was a hu as, as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain will fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Amen. A fascinating uh, uh, passage of scripture. Here is the key verse. The key verse is in verse 16. So let's all read that together. Uh, James 5, 16. It says what? The earnest prayer of a righteous person has what? Great power and produces wonderful results. The earnest prayer of a righteous person. Who is a righteous person? A person who is committed to God. A person who is faithful to God. A child of God who has set his heart to live in God's way. God is saying, hey, there's something good going for you. Your prayers are powerful and they will produce what? Amazing results. Now, this short passage of scripture that we read, um, James cites prayer or pray seven times times seven times and so this is all about prayer it's all about prayer now it's important to realize a little bit background about james the half brother of jesus james had a reputation of being a man of prayer as a matter of fact they called him james the carmel knees because his knees had, had were all bulged out uh, from praying they were hard knees from kneeling hours and hours and hours of praying to almighty god God. Uh, and, and so he knows something about prayer as he seeks to be able to guide us through an instruction of how we can gain what he calls great power and wonderful results by our praying. Now, there is tremendous, tremendous power in pride. Do you believe that? That's what James talks about, right? The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and produces wonderful results. More than what your job, your age, your race, your background, your human thinking, your sphere of contacts will do for you. Prayer will cause great breakthrough in your life. And so prayer is a tremendous, tremendous power in the life of a believer. Prayer is the greatest privilege that we have in the Christian life. We have the ability to talk to God. To come into the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, and what? And talk to Him. And it's the greatest privilege without any invitation, without any appointment, right? You come 24-7, any day, any time, any situation, any condition. God says, come and talk to me. And prayer is the vehicle in which we communicate. With God. Greatest privilege that we have. When we pray, God does great things in our life. Now we say God can do anything. Now, God can do anything through us when we come to him in prayer. 
Now look at what Jesus says. Look at what Jesus says in John 14, an amazing portion of scripture. John 14, verse 12 to 14. Jesus was speaking. He says, well, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. And you say, how in the world can we do greater works? Well, next, read. He says what? You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me anything in my name, and I will do it. And so prayer produces greater results because prayer is the vehicle in which we can come and ask God that all things are possible, the God that nothing is impossible, the God that, 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 that calls the things that are not to what birth, something new, something big, something mighty, something wonderful, something miraculous in our life. He says you can ask anything in my name. You can do the same works that I've been doing, great, great miracles, great wonders, something that is not supposed to happen outside of your background your education your paycheck outside of what will ever happen to you without god great things will not happen in your life but with god god is saying hey miracles will birth forth in your life because i go to the father and when you come and ask me i will answer your prayers right here in heaven to happen on your earth we do greater works because jesus said that we can come and ask for anything in his name and you do it and so prayer is the greatest privilege, the greatest power of the Christian life. It is also the greatest failure in our life. While we have this great access, this great privilege, this great power, but when we say that we talk a lot about prayer, we study about prayer, but are you satisfied with your prayer life? If this is a vehicle in which God says, hey, <laughs> Your prayer is powerful. Your prayer will produce wonderful results. Well, are you satisfied with that? So it is the greatest opportunity, the greatest failure of the Christian life. And today we're going to look at when we should pray and how we can pray effectively so that our prayers to Almighty God can produce wonderful results. Let's jump right into it. So when should we pray? Always. When should we pray? Say that. What? Answer the question. When should we pray? When should we pray? Here's what Jesus told us. Look at, look at uh, John 18.1. John 18.1. Amen. Jesus told his disciples and us, right, a story of how they should what? Always pray and never give up. And so when should we pray? Always. Prayer ought to be a routine. Prayer ought to be something that is residual, something that is ongoing. We have, as Christians, need to have a prayer rhythm where we are praying consistently. We should pray always. And so prayer is the greatest responsibility of the Christian life. We should pray always. Here's what the Apostle Paul, picking up on Jesus, said. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.17. He says what? Never stop praying. And so whenever you feel like, oh, you know what? I've got this covered. I shouldn't pray. God says you should pray always and you, and you should never stop praying. So what's my encouragement to pray? Pray always. When do I say, well, I'm so tired or this isn't something I should pray about. I've got it. You say, no, no, no. Never stop praying. So both on the positive and the negative side, when you are motivated to pray, God says, right on, you should pray. When you don't feel like praying, God says what? Never stop praying. Now, one of the key reasons why, as believers, we don't pray is that most people don't know how to pray. Or we feel like, you know what, um, my prayers are boring and uh, it doesn't work, so how should I really pray? Amen. 
Now, let, let's go through prayer 101 real, real quickly. I want to share with you very quickly two prayer models. And this is right on the church website. I want to encourage you. Here's a little graph here, uh, a little image here. Uh, and I encourage you to take a screenshot of that, right, uh, and have it on your phone. So uh, a prayer, one of the basic prayer 101, uh, ask prayer method. Pray always. Don't stop praying, right? Uh, uh, you say, how should I pray every day? How should I pray every day? Well, ask. Very simple. Uh, you begin your prayer with adoration. Uh, right? Confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. You begin praying by pray, pra praising God for all he's got. I, want, I just praise you. You are God. You are king. You are master. You are savior. You are my father. I, I just want to thank you. What, what God has revealed himself to you, enter his courts with thanksgiving. Praise him. Adore you. Worship him. Start right there. And then come and confess, right? God, Father, I'm, I'm so sorry for anything that I've done wrong. And I ask you for your forgiveness, that you cleanse me from any wrong. Uh, for if there's sin in my heart, you won't hear me. You won't bless me. And so open my eyes to some things that I should be doing that I haven't done. Some things that I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing. And motivate my heart to live right with you. Confession. All right. Confession is the gateway of breakthrough. The Bible says if you hide your sins, you will suffer. But if you will confess your sins, right, you will prosper. Then thanksgiving. You thank God for everything he's done, he's doing, and he will do for you. And you allow the Holy Spirit to open your eyes, open your mind for all the great things God has done for your life. He's brought you this far. He's given you a job. He's woken you up. He's given you a family. All the great things. And you spend some time right, being grateful to Almighty God for what he's done. Amen. God says, those who praises me opens the door for more blessings. God wants us to have an attitude of gratitude. Attitude of gratitude. So you think, and I just want to thank you for what you've done. I want to thank you for even what you're doing right now, that today you're going to bless me. Today you're going to go do great things, that my future is bright. I just want to thank you in advance for the things that you're doing in my life that I don't even know that I'm expecting you to bring my way. I want to thank you. And you spend time. If somebody did something good to you, you say, well, I don't know how to pray. Would you thank them? You would thank them. You find words to be able to show your gratitude, your appreciation. And so God says we should come before him with thanksgiving. So that's the tea part. Then what? Spend some time. What? Supplicate. Bring your request to God. Be very specific about the things that you want God to do in your life. Right? Help me. Help me. And go from A to Z. Help me. Help my finances. Help me to be able to pay this bill, to pay this off. Help my child. Even this COVID season, help me on the job. Help my spouse. There are situations and challenges that you're going through in your life. God wants us to come and lay our request before him. And then thank him that he's heard you and you bring it to pass you can pray this prayer in five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes 20 minutes one hour two hours or three hours if you take your time and you are assemble use this as your talking points a template to be able to pray to god and every time that you're praying this ask prayer it will be fresh because you are speaking from your heart to almighty god start with adoration confession thanksgiving and supplication right now let me give you let me give you another one also so this is one this is prayer one one next is this this prayer model which uses the lost prayer which we prayed in a few minutes ago and we prayed that a lot on our prayer line right you begin our father in heaven hallowed be your name you start praising god right hallowed be your name god is mighty god is wonderful god is gracious right god is powerful and say god i want to thank you for who you are i come before you this morning recognizing that you are god you are good you are mighty you are awesome you are faithful you are generous and i praise you for who you are it sets the stage god dwells in the presence of his people hallowed be your name next your will be done in my life as it is in heaven pray for god's purpose father today do something big something new something amazing something heavenly in my life let your will not my will not the will of my enemy not the will of anyone else but your will in heaven is what i seek and today i surrender to your will i submit to your will next your provision give us this day my daily bread today bless me help me open doors and you itemize you be specific about the areas of your life 
life where you want God to show up in a mighty way. Then you ask for pardon. Forgive me my sins, wrongs that I have done, things that I should have done that I haven't done. I'm sorry for those wrongs. And what? Forgive us our sins. Uh, as we forgive those who wronged us, you ask God to remove any grudges, any bitterness, any unforgiveness in your heart against anyone else so that you can what? You can extend God's love and grace to others. Then you ask for God's what? Protection. Deliver me from evil. Lead me away from every temptation, every danger, every threat. Cover me today, my friends, my loved ones, my family, my kids. You pray for God's protection. And then God's peace, right? Your, your, for yours is the kingdom. Peace with God, right? Let your kingdom come. What you want to do in my life, I am ready. The door of my life is open. Let it be done. I see kingdom, kingdom breakthrough, kingdom success. For thine is the power today, not my will, not by my means, not by my strength, but let your power fall on me. For thine is the glory. Show yourself glorious. We sang the song, show us, show us your glory, Lord. Father, show us your glory. Be lifted up in me. I want to thank you for all these things that you have done. I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you wrap it up. Two very simple prayer formats that every moment you spend time praying to Almighty God. So when God says pray without ceasing, pray always, never stop praying as a child of God, you've got the prayer model, the prayer template to come and assemble your conversation before Almighty God. And you walk away knowing that this is what God said he will do and he will bring it to pass in your life. If you receive that, say amen. Now, James in, 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 in this passage, chapter 5, also mentions we should pray always about anything and everything. And we've talked about a prayer model that every day you should be praying consistently, routinely, and have that prayer rhythm in the morning, the afternoon, the evening. Just pray, 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 pray. If you are too busy to pray, you are too busy to be blessed by Almighty God. So you take some time and pray. You can pray anywhere. Pray in the bathroom. Pray in the shower. Pray while driving. Right? I mean, don't close your eyes. But spend dedicated time. Get up a little bit early. Set your alarm clock 15 minutes, 30 minutes, and spend some time praying. And use this as a prayer model and have a conversation with God. Now, James also tells us there are three, three areas where you should put your prayer on overdrive. You should really, really get this, I mean, pedal down, right, and, and, and go overboard. So, and there are, these are three areas that you'll be confronted in life with what? You've got to really hammer down. You've got to drill down. You really have to pray consistently and pray with intention and intensify your prayer life, right? First, as this James tells says that I must pray when I'm what? Emotionally distressed. One more time, I pray when I'm what? Emotionally distressed. Say that with me. I should pray when I'm what? Emotionally distressed. And in, and, and verse, verse 13, James 5, he says what? Are any of you suffering hardships? You should what? Pray. And so pray always. But when you're going through hardships, you got to step on the gas. You got to intensify your prayer. You got to focus your prayer. You got to bear down on prayer. You got to really be intense in your prayer. Are you suffering hardships? You should what? Pray. Now, this word uh, hardships. In Greek, literally means to suffer misfortune 
to be in distress, to be under stress, to have tension in your life. He's talking about internal distress caused by an external circumstances. Something has happened. It could be a financial setback. It could be a relationship crisis. Something on the outside where your heart is broken. Tension has is all at an all-time high in your life, and life has gotten hard for you. In one area or the other, it could be on the job, it could be your finance, it could be on a health issue. Life has gotten hard in a specific area. James said, if you are suffering hardships, you ought to what? Intensify your prayer. Are you suffering hardships? You should what? Pray. And this is a time where you go on overdrive. This is a time where you spend a little more time with God. This is a time where what? In this Acts prayer or this Lord's prayer, I mean, you are hammering away. You are talking to God. You are counting on God. You are believing on God. You let God know that this is your battle. This is your struggle. I need you to move. I'm counting on you. And you come and you bear down on God when you are in emotional distress that is caused by an external situation that you can't handle. You can't sleep at night. You can't stop thinking about this situation. It's really a upset the, the status quo the peace and the way things are going in your life it seems like you are standing at the longest stoplight in life what should you do so is this a hardship you gotta pray you gotta do what pray look at what david tells us david tells us in psalm 18 verse 6 we will be in psalm 18 verse 6 david is saying what in my distress i cried out to the lord yes i prayed to my god for help he heard me from his sanctuary my cry to him reached his ears i was distressed it wasn't good I couldn't handle it. I didn't know how I would get over this. What did I do? I cried to God. I prayed to God. I'm going through a hardship. God, you come and deal with this situation. And so when you have distress in your life, my brother, my sister, what do you do? You, 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 you have two options. You can swear and curse and be nasty to people around you because that's what happened. Hurt people hurt people. When you are hurt, guess what? You take the heat out on others. You get things off your chest. You are moody. You are nasty. Your frustration is felt by the people around. There's this funk that goes around you. Either be it sickness or financial or emotional or relational or something. You got one choice whether to be nasty based on what has happened in your life or you can pray and James inspired by the Holy Spirit is when you're going through hardships, do the latter. Pray. 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 Pray about your marriage challenge that is causing stress. Pray about your problems that is causing unrest. Pray. And have focused prayer when you are emotionally distressed, are suffering hardships. Pray. Put your prayer on what? Overdrive. Now, secondly, also, when should we step on the gas? Go from normal prayer to intense prayer. James teaches us what I must pray when I am what? Sick and weak. One more time. When I'm what? Sick and weak. Look at what he says in verse 14. He says, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. 
Now the word sick in Greek is asden eho. Asden eho. It literally means without strength. It means when you are languishing, when you are totally wasted, when you are fatigued, when you are feeble, when you are bedridden. Something has happened where you are unable to carry on things that you ought to be doing. You got weak. You don't have physical strength. You can't handle it anymore. Now, this is not the normal word that is used in the Bible for illness. He's not talking about illness here. Not talking about a headache. Not talking about a cough. Not talking about a regular cold. Right? Not talking about when, oh, you know, my shoulder hurts. This is the same word, the Greek word here, translated sick. It's the same word used to describe Lazarus. Remember Lazarus when he got sick and died? The same word here that was used to describe Dorcas when Dorcas got sick and died. This is the same word that is used describing the man at the pool of Bethesda, you remember, who sat there for years and years and years and years and didn't have the strength and the energy to go and what, get in the water when the water was stirred. Weak. He's talking about serious illness here. <laughs> He's talking about things where the medication is not going to work. <laughs> He's talking about things where you know that others had it and it didn't end well. <laughs> He's talking about situations that you know what, you, it, it, you're getting sicker and sicker. <laughs> and it says when you are beyond the help of a doctor, when you are beyond the help of something you can get from your pharmacy store, something that you can get, something you can take herbs or, or something you can take a sleep and you can get better, he says, well, you ought to pray. You ought to pray. And he tells us this. He tells us this. He says, are you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you. Right? And it says, what well, anointing you with all in the name of the Lord. And then he says this. He says, look at this. He says, he says, such a prayer, look at verse 50, he says, such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well, and if you have committed any sins, you will be what? Forgiven. Now, the first part of that, verse 14, here's what it says. It says, when you are sick, it says, it says to a point where, you know, this is, this is getting out of hand. <laughs> what do you do? You, you call the pastor, Right? The elders here are the pastor, people who can pray with you, people who can intercede for you, people who come and join with you in prayer. Two is better than one. You should call for the elders, call for, and that word elders, call for the pastors of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Anointing you with oil. Now, some people take this word oil and go overboard with oil, right? Uh, and uh, they use olive oil for everything. L let, me, let, me, let me try and clarify that. Oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Like the Bible has many symbols in scripture. You know, we baptize with water. Water is the symbol of burial. You are buried with Christ, and when you come out of the water, you are risen with Christ. It's, it's, a, it's a symbol of what has happened spiritually. So the water doesn't do nothing, but the water is a symbol that you've been made anew in Christ. We take communion, right? There is the wafers, and then there is the, the juice. That the, the, the wafers is a symbol of the body of Christ. The juice is a symbol of what? The blood of Jesus. So you could go in and eat all the wafers and drink all the juice, and you th those by itself wouldn't do anything. It's what it represents by faith that sets you free. So all through the, the scripture, oil is used as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. But look at what God says. It is the, the symbol of what matters with that. The symbol. He says, look at what he says. He says, well, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to do what? Come and 
pray over you. So what's working is the prayer that is working. Anointing you with oil in what? The name of the Lord. And so the oil is not a healing agent. The oil is not the healing source. Who is the healing source? The Lord. Right? So what is the oil? The oil is a faith activator. The oil is an aid to aid your faith. The oil of something I'm trusting in God moving my life. I'm believing in you that you are my healer. And God has set this apart. He says what? There are certain times where we need something to jumpstart our faith. We need something to focus on Almighty God. And just as we have baptism, which is the water, just as we have communion, which is the wafer and the drink, God has given oil as a faith activator, as an aid to be able to hone in and say, look, for this situation, it is God that I'm counting on. And it is the prayer in the name of the Lord uh, with the oil as what? The, 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 the aid, the activator, the focus point in which we, we focus on Almighty God. And in the Bible, oil is the symbol of the Holy Spirit. That's not what does that. Now, Jesus did something like that, right? When this person who was blind came and asked Jesus to heal, Jesus, you know, touched his eyes, but he just didn't touch his eyes because he knew that this person really needed some faith then. So he put, spit on the ground and put mud on his eyes and says, go and wash it. I, I, let me do something which will activate your faith. So it's like, man, Jesus says, I should go. There's mud on my eyes. Jesus says, I should go. I'm trusting in Jesus to be able to heal me. So I'm going to take this mud. The mud became a point to focus on God. The mud became a point to know that Jesus is the one who touched me. And he told me to go wash in the pool. And in obedience by faith, I'm going to get healed. So I'm going to do what he wants me to do. Amen. So he says, yes, have oil. But pray. <laughs> and pray to who? God, almighty God. Listen, every believer should have oil at home. We have oil here. Make sure you have an oil at home, right? But make sure you are praying. Amen. You're praying to who? God. And it all becomes the activated aid in your faith. Look at this. Look, look, look at what, what he says. He says this. Amen. He says what? He says, any of you sick, you should call on the elders, the pastors of the church to come and pray for you. Anointing you what? In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. God is the healer. Now, the name of the Lord represents his character. So you are calling on the name of the Lord. All healing is based on God's character. The name of the Lord is a blessing he shares. What is God's name? Jehovah Rapha, our healer. What is God's name? He's Yahweh, the almighty God, the Alpha and the Omega. We sang that this morning, the beginning and the end. What is the name of the Lord? El Shaddai, the God of strength. You are calling on the name of the Lord. El Shaddai, the God of all strength. You are calling on the name of the Lord. Adonai, the God of all power. You are calling on the name of the Lord. Jehovah Nisi, God, our deliverer. He says, call on the name of the Lord. You should call on the name. You say you should call. You see that you should call in name of the Lord. And so everyone who is praying for you is not praying, amen, that, that we don't have the power. God is the one who is called. We are praying in our name. We're not praying in our own strength. It doesn't matter whether this person is an apostle, an evangelist, a, a prophet, or is a believer. It doesn't matter that it is faith in prayer to who? Almighty God. The name of the Lord that he has stood up as the one who heals, who helps, who restores, who blesses, who sets free. And it says, listen, when you pray, look at this. He says what? He says what? Such a prayer offered in what? 
faith. Right? Faith. Will heal the sick and the Lord will what? Make you well. Who, who makes you well? Is it pretty clear? <laughs> Amen. So you have faith in God that God will do what he says. Well, his promises are yeah, the man has promised to heal me. I am weak. I am sick. There's this infirmity that's holding me down, but I'm trusting in God that God will make a way. And if you need olive oil to be able to what? To, 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 to activate your faith and to get you looking to God, to stand in, on the name of the Lord, to believe in the name of the Lord. And you put olive oil where there's sickness, where there's weakness. Do whatever some people just drink it, put it in your food, whatever it is. It doesn't matter, put it on your eye, whatever it is. But it's not the oil. It is the Lord that makes you well. And the Lord makes you well through, with prayer offered in faith. And the olive oil is what? The catalyst that what? Activates human faith to connect with God who he... Am I preaching to myself today? So when somebody tells you that, look, look, this, the, uh, this olive oil is from Israel, and so it costs a whole lot of money, you say, what? It's not the oil that's going to heal me. So you mean to say I should pay for my healing? No, 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 no. There is no cost for prayer. God doesn't charge for healing. God doesn't charge for breakthrough. Healing, breakthrough, restoration is a gift, a privilege that God gives his, his loving children. It comes to the vehicle of prayer set in faith to God. And the faith is where we wrestle with. Sometimes our faith gets weak because the problem is, is deep. The problem has been going on. Some of these issues are ancestral. Some of these issues, like this what happened to my uncle, my mom, my dad, my friend. I know somebody's going through and the end is done. And we need something. We need something to be able to keep us counting on the Lord. We sang a song, I'm counting on you in the Lord's Valley. And in the Lord's Valley, every day you are applying that olive oil and you're praying by faith in the name of the Lord. You are counting on God that no matter how long it takes, God's going to come through for you. Glory to Almighty God. You pray and you leave it to God. Because it says, and the Lord will make you well. Who makes you well? And God picks the medium of wellness. Listen, I've prayed prayers. I've prayed for a lot of people in my 30 years of ministry, and God has done great miracles. <laughs> I've also prayed for people in my 30 years of people who are sick, and the Lord has taken them home. But that is even a greater miracle than God healing them to stay on this broken earth. Because they've gone to a place where there's no sickness, no pain. A place where God calls paradise. They've received a crown. A place where there's, there are no grocery stores because you'll never be hungry. A place where there are no bills because you're living in a mansion. Glory to God. A place, amen. God, amen. And you pray expecting a miracle. Pray that God will come through. Pray for a heal, your healing. Pray for your restoration. Pray for your breakthrough. Pray for your forgiveness. Pray for your mercy. And you leave the result in God's hand. And whatever God does, you accept the will of Almighty God. Because God does best. Knowing that his will is always good, perfect, and pleasing. Oh, do you receive this message? So the Bible says we should pray always. And never stop praying, right? Also, it says these are times that your prayer should go in on overdrive. We should pray intensely when we express in hardships, right? We should also pray intensely when we are weak and sick. 
Amen. There's a third time where we ought to pray extra. We ought to pray extra. We should pray when we are hurting spiritually. One more time. We should pray when we are doing what? Hurting spiritually. Amen. So I pray when I'm emotionally distressed. Hardships. I, I, I pray more. I, I intensify. I, I go on overdrive. When I'm hurting physically. And then also when I'm hurting spiritually. And here's what James. The camel knee. James. <laughs> Prayer warrior who prayed so much that his knees had, had uh, all kinds of hops on it. That's what he tells us. James 5.16. Read that with me. He says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. You see, in Jesus' day, in many places today, they thought that sickness is a result of sin. There is some spiritual component of some hardships that happen. Right? And they believe that if you are ill, then supposedly you've, you've got some hidden sin in your life. Either it be a personal sin or maybe a sin from former generations, from ancestors, the curse, right, of others that you are connected with, affiliated with is coming your way. And so they believe that, you know what, there's sin involved. And so James, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says, hey, you know what, when, there is, when, when something is happening where the only explanation, and this is spiritual, this is spiritual, Right? It's not physical. My job situation is not, it's not. When, when you sense that there is a spiritual component of what's going on in your life, the Bible says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, against what powers and principalities in dark places. You should what, intensify your prayer. And when you pray, it says acknowledge that there may be some, some sin involved in that. There may be an avenue where the, the enemy has attached himself to something Sinful. The word sin means separation. The word sin means there's a wedge between you and God. That the favor of God is not moving in your life. There's something that's obstructing it. Hello? And so you come and you confess that. You confess that. You confess that. Amen. Maybe you're not following God's principles. You're not listening to his word. Some things you should be doing, you're just writing it off. And you mind your own business. You tell me your nose at God. You shut down the door to God's word, God's presence. You're not living in obedience in one area. Maybe you're allowing bitterness, resentment to take root in your heart. And that could open the door for sickness, right? For hardships in your life. Doctors say it's not what you eat that gets you, but what is eating you up. So maybe some things that you haven't gotten over it. Maybe something, something, they, they, it's, they, they, there is a spiritual component that has gotten attached. We are spirit, body, and emotions. And sometimes resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness and shame and guilt and anger and fear and doubt and worry and loneliness and sadness, all these things can take its toll on your life and it can make a big difference in you moving ahead in life. And all this is a result of sin. It's a result of either not trusting in God, the Bible says, Anything that is not of faith is a sin. And if you know the good you ought to do and you're not doing it, it's a sin unto God. Right? So there's sin of omission, things that we omit to do that we should do. Sin of commission, things that we did that we're not supposed to do. All these things juggled together can become sin and can cause a wedge with God's breakthrough in your life and allow the enemy to come in and bring harassment and worry and stress into your life. And so James says, look, when you, are, when you sense that, no, 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 there's something spiritual going on, what? You should step on the gas and pray. You should step on the gas and pray. 
And it says you should confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Many people are sick today, are going through financial hardships, marriage problems, job situations because of what unconfessing. Do you believe that? They're holding on to some kind of shame or guilt or bitterness. And God is saying the way you log jam that, the way you disengage with that is come, come and, and, and fess up. Confession is the doorway to breakthrough. Say that with me. Confession is the doorway to breakthrough. That's why the prayer model that we talk about, there's confession in there. Come and say, God, I'm sorry for anything that I've done wrong. Anything I should have done that I haven't done, I'm sorry for it. Would you please help me to do what's right today? Just keep short accounts with God. The Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't let the sun go down on, on some bitterness, on some, on some evil. The heart is so evil. Ask God to, to expose. Show me in my heart. What is it that I'm harboring? What is it I'm doing? What is it I'm planning to do that is none of you that will lead me astray? You pray always, always, always for forgiveness. Amen. I read a story about a farmer, a farmer, a very wealthy farmer, who was paralyzed from the waist down. And he hadn't been in church for several months. Hospitalized, going in and out of hospital, going in and out of hospital, going in and out of hospital. And, 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 and out of that, he had become a very bitter person, just filled with hate and resentments. He was bitter about his illness, bitter about the members of his church who hadn't visited him, bitter about his family members who were not paying attention to him. He was bitter about the insurance company who was playing hardball and not paying his bills. He was bitter about the doctors who hadn't figured out and the nurses who hadn't figured out what was going on with him that could make him work. I mean, you probably heard or seen people like that i mean the problems has gotten them so sour and so bitter and he was bitter against god very resentful so his pastor visited him at his bedside and his pastor heard about all the complaints all the bitterness all the hatred all this 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 thing this heat that's coming out of his body is his heart and god said jim god wants to heal you and restore you to full health but he won't do it until you get rid of all this resentment in your heart. And it struck a chord with him and he bowed his head, began to weep and prayed, Oh God, you know I've been so bitter and so resentful and there's so much hate in my life. Just flush out all this hatred, flush out all this anger in my heart and take the hate, hate away from me. The next day, this bedridden man who had not been in church for eight months came into a church in a wheelchair, sat in the church, heard the message. The pastor at the end of the church prayed for people and said, anyone who needs prayer, the church would like to pray for you. And James came up. He came forward and he prayed for. And when he was going back to his seat, he got up from his wheelchair, someone who had never walked for eight months, bedridden, Medication upon medication couldn't help him. He got up and he walked right into his seat. Bitterness, hatred, resentment, unforgiveness, guilt, anger, sadness, worry can make you sick. And God says, the way to handle that is confession. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed there is something spiritual that's holding it up and you got to come to god and say god what is it is it me is this something that happened in former generation that has ricocheted in my life is this a generational problem that's been going on 
And sometimes we don't have to look very far in our life or the life of somebody to see affliction is happening over and over and over again. Generation after generation, these situations are happening over and over and over again. They tend to break that spiritual curse. That spiritual curse is what? Confession. Father, please forgive. Forgive me of anything I've done. Forgive me of anything that my ancestors have done that has been part of my bloodline. God says he punishes the sin of the fathers and the forefathers to the children and the children's generation. And you come and ask, and God is a forgiving God. He says when we come and forgive, confess our sins, he is what? Faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the only thing. Rather than holding on, holding on to the hurt, holding on to, 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 to that, you got to let it go. Let it go before God. And that will unclog it. That will kick the enemy out. Amen. That will kick. What they did was wrong. What they said was wrong. They lied on you. They cheated on you. They hurt you. But it's not worth you suffering for the rest of your life. And blocking the flow of the Holy Spirit to move in that. And James inspired by the Holy Spirit says, look, you got to unclog the wheel. You got to allow the flow of the presence of God to move. Not only in your life, but in your generation going forward. You got to stop it. Stop it. Stop it right there. Yes, it happened to your mama. Happened to your uncle. Happened to others around you. But it doesn't have to continue with you. Come with confession. So that that spiritual, spiritual curse will be broken in the name of Jesus. Revealing your feelings to God is the beginning of healing. The Bible says, it's amazing. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. God is an amazing God. He's a relationship God. Do you realize that in a lost prayer, there's no I or me or mine? Our Father, give us this day. Lead us. Deliver us. Right? <laughs> and so what we do to each other, we do to God. And so God says, hey, there are some things that, yes, you've come and asked me for forgiveness, but there are some things you got to go and, and work it out with someone. You got to unclog the heat wheel. You got to unclog the wheel. Here is the principle. Here is the principle with forgiveness. The principle with forgiveness is this. Is that God forgives us when we ask him. Principle number one. Principle number two. God also forgives us when others we've wronged forgives us. So in some cases, it's not just me asking God for forgiveness. I've got to go and ask you to forgive me. Now, whether you forgive me or not, I've done my part. I don't need you to say, okay, now forgive me or I will never forgive you. But I've come and said, look, I'm sorry. I, I should have reached out to you. I haven't done that. I should have been more nicer to you. I should have paid attention to you. Or some things that I did, I just don't, don't know. But would you forgive me? And when we do that, God sees us and forgives us. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have wronged us. And here's what Jesus says. Look at this amazing portion of scripture in Matthew 6, 14 to 15. He says, if we forgive other people when they sin against us, your heavenly father will forgive you too. So when we come and ask for forgiveness, God is saying, I will forgive you. Because we have gone and, and sought forgiveness from people with the right motive. And God forgives us. 
But if we don't forgive other sins, your heavenly father will not forgive your sins. And so the principle of forgiveness, it goes both ways. God forgives us directly and now God also forgives us when others, when we seek forgiveness from people or when we give forgiveness to people. And so number one, number one, don't hold grudges against anyone. Even your enemies, you got to forgive them because that could hold your breakthrough. You leave them to God. You forgive and you leave them to God. Vengeance doesn't belong to you. Retaliation doesn't belong to you. You say, I'm waiting to show them something. That's not your job. It will hold back your blessing, your breakthrough. It, won't, it will clog your prayer life. So, to whom should we forgive? Let me give you a, 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 just a very simple formula here. <laughs> the Bible says we should confess our sins, right? He says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you'll be healed. So, how does this work out? Hear this. If this is a private sin between me and the Lord, I go to God and I ask God, it's something that I did in private. Only God knows what I did. I go to God and I ask for forgiveness. I don't broadcast that to anybody else. It's between me and God. It's a private sin. Right? Right? It's a private envy, jealousy, pride, wickedness. Something that I did and the Lord opens my eyes to it. Something I did in my youth. Something I did on the job. Something I did in my family to my spouse. Something I did. So it was just something. just emotional. callous, Something in my heart that is not of God. I go and I confess this to God. And I thank God that because he says when I confess he will forgive me. I receive his forgiveness. I thank him and it's done. And I live forgiven. In the gratitude of God's forgiveness. Now if this is a personal sin between me and you. Something that I said, I shouldn't have said, that was hurtful, that was mean, something I should have done that I didn't do, that uh, was wrong, and I come to my senses. The Holy Spirit reminds me, well, I come to you, and I tell you that, brother, sister, I'm sorry. Maybe a coworker, maybe a neighbor, maybe a friend, maybe a spouse, maybe a child, doesn't matter their age, their background, maybe a customer. You say, I'm sorry. You know, I just want to say to you, the last time you were here, you know, I got, I got a little overheated, and I want to apologize to you. Maybe a boss, I'm so sorry that, you know, I, I just got a little overheated, and I want to apologize for what I did. Confess your sins to one another, right? Confess to God if it's a private sin between you and God, doesn't involve anyone else. Something that is in God's word that you haven't done or done that you shouldn't have done, you confess to God. Something with somebody else, you go directly to the one-on-one, that person, and you deal with that. You don't say, well, well, I said what I said. I did what I did. And so let me move on. No, 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 no. Now, if it's a public sin, if it's something that is done to a group of people, <laughs> well, you need to apologize to the whole group. Maybe it's something you did on a family. You said something in the group. Something's happening in the church and you got mad, you got upset, and you blew out. You said something on the job, in the family. You say, I just want to say something to you all. I, I'm just so sorry for my attitude, for my actions, for my words, for my mood, and I, I, I apologize for the wrong that I did. Would you forgive me? Right? So, when should we pray? When should we pray? Always, right? When should we intensify our prayer? We should intensify our prayer whenever we... Our distress, we got hardships in our lives, right? Intensify our prayer when we are sick and weak. We all intensify our prayer when there's some spiritual connotation with what we're going through in life. We should come and pray. Amen. Uh, and forget and, and confession need to be a component whenever there is some spiritual connotation with what we're going through. Let me let me close with this. 
Oh, how can I pray effectively? James is very, very direct. He says, I can pray effectively by what? Asking specifically. Say that with me by what? Asking what? Specifically. He says, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. You know, and it's saying when you come to God, don't, 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 don't ask, don't pray general prayers. Perfunctive prayers. Bless the, heal the people in the hospital. Bless all the children. Feed all the hungry. In Jesus' name, amen. How would you know when God answers that prayer? <laughs> Every day there's somebody hungry. People are in the hospital all the time. I mean, you, that, that's just a prayer that's going nowhere. <laughs> so we ought to pray specifically. He says you don't have because you don't ask God. You pray specifically. Come and ask God. God, I've got some student loans. I, I'm counting on you to help me pay it off. Help me pay off my cardinal so I can be debt free. Help me really pay my mortgage off. Help me to buy a house. Help me to finish my basement. Help me to fix this air conditioner that's broken. Help me to meet my goals at work. Help heal my body that's sick. You gotta be specific. Something going on with my child in their marriage where there's a lot of headache. Help them. Help them. This COVID situation, I pray that this school year my child doesn't catch COVID and their whole classroom, their whole school is COVID free so that they don't have to come back home. You be specific, right? Projects that I'm working on, things are getting hard. I'm praying for you to help me to be able to move to the next stage so that this project will be completed. And so I'm counting on you. You pray specifically. Be honest and be specific with your prayer. You don't worry about it. You don't complain about it. You pray specifically. Now next also, what? The prayer that brings effective breakthrough is what when you pray with what the right motive james says when you ask you don't get it because what your motives are all wrong you want only what will give you what pleasure and and it says look when you come and ask not for selfishness not for pride not for envy not to get even with people but be genuine i and the genuine reason is for the glory of god to shine and for your good so that others will even be blessed by god's blessing over your life it's a good reason to pray right <laughs> you don't pray amen you don't pray amen for somebody to get divorced so you can marry them <laughs> <laughs> so we got to pray with the right motive right right motive we all know that right and third also right where i've got to pray with a clean life i must have a clean life this is not this is not about perfection right here's what james said he says what he said the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results and he's saying righteous righteous is right standing with god you got to make sure that we are right with god that we are getting our hearts and our minds centered on almighty god we want to do what's right before god that even when we sleep, we want to be where God is. That we are always making that effort. Make that effort to be right with God for the rest of our lives. We don't stay in our sin. We don't stay down when we fall. We don't make excuses. Everybody is doing this. Or people do worse things. And so, so what? No, 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 no. It's like, I was wrong, God. Help me be right with you. So we've got to pray, right? Effective prayer is when we are doing our best to live a life that is honorable, almighty God. And this is important because here's what Paul, here's, here's, what, here, here's what David tells us. In Psalm 66 verse 18, he says, If I ignored my son, the Lord will not have listened to me. And, and we've got to ask in faith. 
You walk away from a prayer knowing that God's heard me, it shall be done. God's heard me, something good will happen to me. Amen. James says, James 1, 6 and 7, it says, when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as the wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. And so quick recap. When should I pray? I should pray always, right? And here are three areas where I've got to step on the gas when it comes to my prayer area. When there's hardship in my life. When there is a, a physical need, when I'm sick and weak. I want to pray all, always, you know. In addition to that also, when there is some spiritual component. When I'm sensing that, mm, 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 there is a spiritual component of what's going on. This isn't normal. This isn't natural. i got to step on the gas. And how should I pray effectively? I've got to ask specifically with the right motive, with a commitment to living a clean life in faith that God will do more than I am asking, thinking, or imagining because that's who God is. He says, I will do exceedingly abundantly above, more than you can ask, more than you can think, more than you can imagine. He says, while you are praying, the answer is on the way. He says, he will not withhold any good thing from we who love him. He's a prayer answering God. He, will, he says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Glory to Almighty God. Wherever you are, would you bow your head and, and, and tell God to give you a heart of prayer? Tell God to intensify your prayer life. Tell God to burn these truths in your heart. Tell God to bring you to that place where your default response to life is prayer. You're praying daily, but not just daily, but additionally, when things are not going right in your life, you are stepping on the gas. And you're taking your worries, your cares, <laughs> your fears, your doubts to Almighty God. Tell God to give you an attitude of prayer. Father God, as we've come before you and heard your message on prayer, I pray now that each and every one of us, you burn in us a desire, a heart, an aptitude. Father God, keep that clock ticking in us, Lord God, that we are running into your throne room for any and every situation, no matter what happens. In good times and in bad times, that prayer is our food. Prayer is our daily diet. Prayer, oh God, my Lord, is being stamped in our heart without any delay. Remind us to never stop praying. Remind us to always pray and bring all our needs before you and to thank you. Burn a prayer attitude in each and every one of us, Lord God, that your promise that you say the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and produces wonderful results that we will experience wonderful blessings coming from you through an act of prayer set in faith in your name. And I pray for everyone in the sound of my voice who is going through hardships. Everyone who is distressed, Lord God Almighty. Oh, God, that you move mightily, Lord God Almighty. You heal sicknesses, Lord God. You solve financial problems, relationship problems, Lord God Almighty. Whatever is going on that like your people cannot handle, move those hardships off their shoulders, Lord God Almighty. And you set them free in the name of Jesus. Whatever there is sickness and weakness, you tell us we shall come to you, all we who are weary. Every weariness taken far away from your people in the name of Jesus. Lord God Almighty, breakthrough right now. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. Breakthrough sicknesses. Breakthrough, Lord Lord God, financial problems, breakthrough, relationship, hassles, Lord God Almighty. Whatever is not of you that are present in life, lift it off in the name of Jesus. And right now, every spiritual curse, spiritual burden, break that curse, Lord God Almighty. Oh, cut through those chains, move those mountains away from your people in the name of Jesus. Deliverance comes from you. Deliver your people from evil, from harm, from threat of the enemy. In Jesus' name, in your presence, there is liberty. Fell across your people to live in your freedom right now, oh God.
Oh, God Almighty. And you do mighty good for your people, Lord God. Now, if you've not received Christ as your Savior, why wait? God is a loving God. He loved us so much that He gave us Jesus. Then when we come and we give our lives to Him, He will do more with our lives than we can yourself. God will take you places you've never been. Will you right now invite Him into your life? Every time we get together here at Favor Life Church, oh, we welcome that opportunity to recommit our lives to Christ or for the first time give your life to Christ. Let me pray a prayer with you. And for some, this may be a prayer of recommitment. I guess it may be the first time when you're giving your life to Christ. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you for paying the price that I will be one with you. Thank you for your blood that saves, that redeems, that sets free. Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Take my life. Use it for your glory and for my good. And from now on, until I see you face to face, every plan that you have for my life, I desire it. Bring it to pass. And on the day when I close my eyes to this world, Jesus, please come and take me to heaven where you are so I will be with you forever. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen.